Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. Hi, it's Richard and Linda, the Ayers on the Road. We're glad to be with you today. We're excited to see the summer end and see kids go back to school. It's an exciting time of year for families, and it's an exciting time for grandparents, too. We get to watch it all and don't have to do much of the work. Oh, man, we've been calling grandchildren. How is it going? We did not have to do any of the buying of supplies or clothes or anything. It's so nice to just say, hey, how was it? And be the cheerleaders. Be the cheerleaders for those grandkids. You know, we're, we're excited, Linda and I are, about this little series we're doing where we're trying to review the essence of each of our books over the course of, of the next few weeks. And it's a challenge to do that because you've got a whole book and we're trying to boil it down to a half an hour. But we're we're excited about it because each of our books have a lot to do with families. They're either focused on parenting or on marriage or on work-life balance or on some other aspect of families. And a lot of times, um, just trying to summarize it and get it down into a succinct message is good for us as well as hopefully for you as listeners. I do have to say, though, that you are the gold guru. Well, we haven't introduced that book yet, but what book are we talking about today, Linda? Um, We're talking about goals. Right. We hadn't (laughs) said that yet. So we got to tell you that this this week we're going to review a book that is simply called Goals. One word, five letters, Goals. It really is a fun book. It has a sailboat on the front. And actually it was co-authored with Elder Paul H. Dunn. We're so excited about the memories we have of, of working with him. He was absolutely a, a giant. And on this book, the whole, the whole goal, if you will, of the book Goals was to try to find a way to make the setting of goals, especially goals for family, approachable and simplified and doable. And so we decided to use the metaphor of sailing. And what's interesting is as we record the podcast today, we're at Bear Lake, which is the very place we wrote this book so many years ago. And we were kind of into sailing and it had occurred to us that that sailing a boat is in many ways the perfect metaphor, the perfect analogy for the setting of goals. And so we wanted to kind of review this for you a little bit and talk a little about it. We we started off with the notion, remember, Linda, that a goal at its best is kind of a vision. It's a vision of the way you want something to be at a specific point in time in the future. Now, you know, I'm so interested. I have not looked at this book for years, and I'm looking at this sailboat on the front. And interestingly, it looks just like the sailboat you have now. <laughs> you must have had that, that goal that became in your a mind goal. all those See, years ago. That it was, was a, a vision. long time ago. We went out for a little sail the other day just in preparation for this <laughs> particular broadcast. But let us give you an idea of what we mean by the metaphor, because it is an interesting way to, I think, approach something. And the way we set this book up is that the left-hand page of every spread, as you go through the book, the left-hand page is always about sailing. And then straight across from it on the right-hand page is the same sentiment or the same idea, 
only expressed about goal setting so that the sailing becomes the metaphor for the goals. Uh, let, let us just read you a couple. I'm going to read the sailing part, and then Linda will read across the page the goal setting part that corresponds with it. So let's just give you a little idea of this. I observed a race once between two sailboats. From the looks of it, one boat was clearly superior, it was larger, sleeker, newer, the most advanced design. It was obviously more expensive. The other boat was far less distinctive, rather ordinary. As the race developed, I watched the gap widen between the boats. One slid through the water with remarkable speed. There was never a ripple in its sail. No ounce of wind was wasted. Its course was straight and true, and it won the race easily. The other ship's course was erratic, its efforts were inefficient, and it settled for a distant second place. The remarkable fact is that the winner was the ordinary-looking sailboat. The loser was the sleek, expensive craft. <clears throat> and here is step Another step, understanding goal setting. This is the corresponding part on goal setting. As I grew up, I had two friends who were also close friends to each other. One of them was exceptionally gifted, tall, handsome, athletic, and IQ close to genius category from a wealthy family. The other was average toward the middle of his abilities. As we grew older, I watched the two go in different directions. One excelled at literally everything he attempted Today, he is the exceptional father of a fine family, of a, of a success in business and financial affairs, a trusted leader in church and community. The other friend drifted, was content to just get by, settled for a life of mediocrity and frequent frustration. The remarkable thing is that second man today was my average friend. The mediocre, frustrated man was my gifted friend. The thing that made my ordinary friend extraordinary was his well-thought goals and his planning. So you get the idea that we're trying to use everything from sailing as a metaphor for the setting of these goals. Um, maybe just to finalize that little section, um, I'll read again from the sailing side. Basically, there are five elements that come into play in the process of sailing. One, the destination, the place you're sailing to. Two, the sails which catch and harness the wind's force. Three, the wind itself. Four, the centerboard which keeps the boat from blowing sideways. And five, the steering rudder which keeps the craft pointed toward the destination. Now Linda's going to read the same five steps regarding goals. The goal itself, the particular thing you're trying to achieve, numbers number one. Two, the plans for to you formulate to guide your efforts toward the goals. Three, the work you put forth. Four, the discipline you exercise to keep moving forward rather than sideways. And five, the prayers you offer and the guidance they bring to stay pointed toward the goal. So you see the point. The destination in sailing is the goal itself. The sails in sailing are the plans you formulate to get to the goal. The wind itself in sailing is the work that you put into the goal. The centerboard that keeps the boat from blowing sideways is analogous to the discipline you exercise to keep yourself moving forward rather than sideways. And finally, the steering rudder that keeps the craft pointed at the destination is similar to the prayers and guidance we look for to stay pointed toward our goal. 
So it was a fun metaphor. Well, I have to say that <laughs> once again, you are the gold guru because when we were first married, we talked about goals a lot. I was goal oriented when I was young, but not like that. Richard has taught me so much <laughs> through the years. But I got into goal. I was a little too much into yes, goals you were for a, a little while. Over Let's the be top honest. Because at one point he made a mobile that hung over our head on which were written our goals <laughs> above our bed for that year. And uh, so that we would always remember. Oh, you I would mean, have to bring that, that up, Linda. Oh, my gosh, I'm groovy. embarrassed. Um, you know why? We had two little babies in cribs at the time, and they had these mobiles, you know, moving in the breeze above their cribs, and they were fascinated by them. And I thought, wow, what if we took our goals that we've set for our marriage and for our parenting and for our career and our financial goals, what if we put them on this mobile, this this handmade mobile, and it would just, when we'd wake up or when we'd be laying in bed, we'd be looking at uh, these goals oh my gosh. filter into our subconscious. I am married to a wonky guy. Whoa. But, you like that mobile, But we though. did. I did Don't like it. I wish we and still had that? I do. What in the world happened to that? But anyway, um, it really did help us to keep focused, and not just the mobile, but we really did have what we called every week a Sunday session. And we did took some time to talking about a lot of things, what had to happen that week and so on. But one of our one of our things that always came up was our goals for that week, for that month, and then uh, every year we do a big yearly goal. You know, Linda, this is actually the perfect week to talk about this book on goals and and about the idea of goals because as kids start school, you know, we think of the new year as being January first, but but for families. Really, the new year is the first part of September, the last part of August, because that's the start of the school year. And that's, don't you think that the most appropriate time to set some family goals as parents regarding your kids and your, your parenting and your marriage? But it's also a fabulous time to help your children to set school year goals. What do you want to accomplish this year in your schooling and in the things that surround schooling. Well, and you have to create that. For those of you who are in year-round school, it's a little bit harder, but it's, you know, it's one of those things where you say, okay, now is the time we're going to start talking about, we're going to talk about the things we want to accomplish this year. And kids are so good Kids are good goal goals. setters. They're amazing. They, they sort of have a natural propensity because they have good imaginations, right? They can, they can picture themselves at a future point in time, having accomplished a goal. Let's be more specific. If you've got a child and you're trying to help him set school year goals, what would you do, Linda? Would you give him some categories to work with? How would you set it up? How would you help a child understand what a goal is and how to set it? Oh, we've done a lot of different ways, haven't we? Boy, when when we started, we said, okay, now let's, of course, when just the little tiny ones, we just say, you know, what's your What's your goal for your friends and what's your goal for your teacher? We had, oh, whatever it is, just yeah, little yeah. goals. Really simplified. But then we got a little more um, in-depth as they got older. And when they were able, we said, okay, set a goal in five categories. And if you've followed us for a long time, you know what they are. Your physical goal this year, your social goal, your mental goal, emotional goal, and spiritual goal. Just write a little thing about what you want to do on each one of those. And to be honest, that was a little tough for kids that weren't old enough to really 
understand the concept of mental and spiritual and social and emotional and so on. And I think we had a real breakthrough when we when we simplified it a little further and said, look, why don't we just think about your school, your goals, and we'll help you. We'll be your consultants, but you're the one that has to set them. Why don't we just think of them in three simple categories? Your academic goals, what you want to do academically, and you know, that'll be your grades and the classes you want and how well you want to do in those classes and so on. And then your extracurricular goals, and that'll be your, you know, your music or your sports or whatever you're into. And then third, your character goals. In other words, the kind of person you want to be, how you want to act toward other people, who you want to be nice to, how you want to treat everyone the same and so on. And we'd, we'd have these long discussions. And I, I remember one thing, Linda, that the thing that motivated kids to really set these goals was when they saw us setting our goals. And we'd yeah. kind of imply, you know, we're setting goals for the, for the school year. And it's kind of a grown-up thing to do, but it's really fun. And, and it helps you use your time well and, and be successful. You know, I think you might be old enough to set some goals. You know, you're you're seven years old. Let's talk to you about some goals. Yeah, and as they got older, it got more exciting as teenagers. And we're going to give you some specifics on that in the second half. They're really fun and funny to think about what was in their minds as they were young, young teenagers. And we're going to finish reviewing this book called Goals. We'll be right back after this short break. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road. We're talking about goals today, and we're having a lot of fun reminiscing about the old days when we had a bunch of kids that we actually had some influence over. <laughs> and it's fun that today. It's a perfect time because it's the start of a school year, setting school year goals, and we're also talking about the fourth book we ever wrote way back in time, but a book we still love. We really do love this book. It's a sailing metaphor on setting goals, charting a course, catching the wind, getting to the place that you want to go, that you want to be. And we're going up in, in uh, the price, too. It's six ninety five. I noticed. <laughs> yeah. uh, the very first book was three three fifty, and now we're up to six ninety five. And before we forget, we should say that we're not selling books because obviously this is not available anywhere except on the Ayers free books. And you can just get this book free if you download it. We'll get to that in a minute. But let, let us give you a little more sense of the sailing metaphor in this book. And then let's talk some more about school year goals and setting them with kids. So um, let me read a couple. Let me read a sailing thing and then you read the corresponding goal thing again for a minute. One great wonder of sailing is the boat's ability to move in a direction opposite to that of the wind. By tacking or zigzagging, a good sailor can pilot his craft in whatever direction he chooses. That seems a simple thought. Yes, yet if we comprehend and believed it, it influences every decision, every action, every thought. Would a man who truly realized that his family was his highest priority make a decision that would adversely affect the family? So the whole idea, getting getting it in your mind where you want to go and really, really going there. Here's another example on the sailing side. 
as much as the sailor would like to plot his entire course from the beginning of the journey, he generally can't see or predict far enough ahead to do so. So he takes his journey one piece at a time with confidence that when he arrives at one intermediate stop, he'll then be able to determine the best and safest way to the next. And on the, on the goal setting side, and here's where it becomes more spiritual. If that is the case, then if the Holy Ghost knows our coordination, if we have the Lord to reveal it to us through the Holy Ghost, should we not be able to expect a comprehensive answer, a blueprint of our lives on how to apply our gifts and efforts to the precise lifetime mission that we've been foreordained to? No, for though the Lord does reveal some of their of our life mission, our whole foreordination, he treats most of us much differently, helping us to build faith by opening to us the right direction for only the portion, this portion of our lives. And it really is, it is interesting that we do have a faith that we're guided to do what we're supposed to do. It is really hard sometimes to find that. Then what the book does is it goes into a sort of a metaphor on different time lengths for goals. The final destination is, of course, analogous to lifetime goals. The intermediate stops that you're making along the sailing journey are analogous to the intermediate goals you set. And then this is really, I think, an interesting part, setting the sails. When you set the sails on a sailboat, you're trying to stop the sail from luffing. You're trying to catch the breeze efficiently so that you're moving in exactly the path you want to go. And, of course, that's analogous to setting the plans in our lives. And then we talk about trimming the sails, and that's analogous to adjusting and updating the goals and the plans. And then really my favorite part, the wind is analogous to the work that you have to put in to get those goals done. So just a, a couple more. Um, um, that's really little, interesting. I haven't thought about that before. The wind. We were out in the sailboat the other day. You can't go anywhere without the wind. Yeah, you can sit there all day. <laughs> you could just sit there all day long if you don't have the wind to make it work. And, it and, really is. And you true. can set the greatest goals in the world, but if, if you're not working. <laughs> It doesn't happen. So here's another little side from the sailing side the, to give you an idea of how that works. The intermediate stops on the journey are written down. They're plotted on a chart in such a way that their collective achievement brings the boat to its final destination. And on the goal-setting side, the analogy is... Five-year goals should be set in at least three broad areas. The family the well-being of your home, your spouse, your children, your callings in the church or community, assignments and growth, relationship with the Lord, and the world, school, jobs, and things that apply to the world. The one-year goals are the bricks or blocks, which, when stacked in fives, reach the five-year goals. So you see how we're trying to do that. I just I like that analogy. It just makes a lot of sense. Let's just share quickly the one or two of my favorite parts. Then we'll get to some kids' goals for the school year. But this is on setting the sails. Ponder that phrase, setting the sails. This means more than the simple raising of the canvas. It implies fixing the right sails in the right sequence at the right angles 
in harmony with the conditions of weather and sea and with the force and direction of the wind to get the craft to the destination. Ponder the phase setting the plans. It means more than the simple organizing of time. It implies doing the right things at the right time in a particular way, in harmony with one's gifts and circumstances that allows a person to reach his goals. And then I just, your favorite part there on this wind and work, let's just read that one paragraph of similarity. So on the sailing side, regardless of the perfection of the charted destination and the set of the sails, no sailboat can move without wind. The wind is the force, the energy, the power that propels the craft. It takes it where it wants to go. And regardless of the accuracy of the objectives and the creativity and the brilliance of the plans, nothing is accomplished without work. Work and effort are the force, the power that achieves the objectives that fulfills the plans. And before we slip over to the kids' school year goals, that probably the most important part of this book, I think, Linda, is the last the last couple of pages, which is how the relationships are more important than the achievements. I'll just give you this final analogy. The captain makes a grave mistake, the sailing captain, in his mind, if getting there becomes more important than the joy and relationships of the journey. If the captain becomes so preoccupied with the destination that he forgets and neglects the relationships with his crew, with the sea, with the sky, with the ocean around him, with the boat itself, he may never get there at all. And of course, you see the metaphor. This is one book in the postscript where the postscript is more important than the book itself. The postscript message is simply this. If goal setting and achievements occur at the expense of relationships, it would be better for them not to occur at all. Think of the old horse hitched to the plow. On his head are the blinders that block his vision to either side so he can only see the row ahead. A person who's too preoccupied with the achievement of a goal is like that horse. He's blind to the beauty of the world around him. He's blind to the needs and concerns of other people. He's blind to the relationships that are eternal and sees only the achievement, which is temporary. So that's the idea of the book Goals. And Again, you can get that for free on irisfreebooks.com. And if you're interested, take a look at it. We want to spend the rest of our podcast today talking about helping our kids set goals for the school year, which is coming right up. Well, I just don't know who this is. I think it must be Eli. Oh, Linda pulled out a chart. I pulled got... out a chart while she was on a phone core board every year. We gave him phone core board. I'm <laughs> yeah. like, what are we going to do with that after you, um, after they make them? Um, they're not exactly going to put it on their wall, but actually they did <laughs> right between Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson. And that really dates us. But anyway, um, so here are some of his physical goals. I think it is he like because he drew a really cool pair of tennis shoes here, baseball <laughs> yeah, bat. Right. Um, and he has this little chart, this little pie chart that he can fill in little pie bits as he accomplishes these goals. And I think we were in a percentage. Well, era. I think yeah, I'm looking at it, and I think I think this was he he said his academic goals, and I think he was about. Nine years old. No, no. Was he I, a little older? He was older than that because oh, he, he was thirteen. He wanted to get a three point nine five. Okay. Only one A minus. So this is a young teenager. 
Yeah. And, and he, his academic goals, he wanted to get only one A minus all the rest days. He wanted to read 35 books. That's pretty wow, aggressive. That's wow. <laughs> I wonder what he wanted to finish the Alexander values tapes. And then what's interesting here, Linda, is he has plans for each one. Yeah, he's written this in terms of goals and plans. And he's got his study a, a minimum of an hour and 30 minutes for each test. <laughs> well, that sounds pretty. <laughs> Maybe he had a lot of tests that year. Now talk to the teacher, though. That's a cool Talk goal. to the teacher and check where I am on my goal. That's interesting. And uh, he has, he, for these plans to read his book, he says, be reading one at home and one at school. Now that's pretty cool. Yeah, the point is, these are, we did not, the, the most important thing helping kids set goals is talk to them, but let them set them. It's such a, it's such a temptation as a parent to say, okay, honey, let's set your goal. Now you're really good at math. Why don't you write down, get an A in math, and that'll be your goal, you know, and, and that doesn't, that doesn't do any good. Shift over, though, Linda, to his extracurricular goals. Well, um, <laughs> he, this is hilarious. The goal is to become 30% better at soccer. I, I, don't know, I don't know how you quantify that. Um, we have one little uh, seven-year-old who had horrible teeth, and her, her goal was to have 35% fewer cavities. <laughs> I don't know how she did that. Oh, that's great. Oh, there, this is a pretty good goal. They'll start a junior jazz basketball team and be the captain. Wow, well, that's good. <laughs> What's his plan and the for plan, that one? Shoot three buckets of balls and two ball machines. Oh, that's his, no, that's his tennis that's goal. His, well, oh, yeah, that's right. That's his tennis goal. So we're, but we're his not basketball goal, talk to all my friends and get seven players, practice twice a week in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> Now we're um, chuckling, but think how think of the thought that goes in. It really is fun. Trying to set these goals. Have an older sibling give me tips. Run a great campaign. Oh, he wants to run for something at school. Oh, my goodness. This is really fun to read. Um, and then the family goals are the cutest. Uh, make each person in my family 10% happier every day. Every day. <laughs> Including my sister, Charity, who I tease too much. And incessantly. <laughs> Um, have my zone clean at all times so the family can enjoy it. Oh, that's sweet that he even thought of that. And then um, sub support all of his stay, siblings. He stay close. I love about that one. Stay close to Sadie and Jonah, 20% closer. Better, better. He was into percentages. He was really into percentages <laughs> this year. And then if you could see this, there's little circles. They're like pie charts that he would color in as he felt yeah, he had you know, one-fourth of it he done has or got, whatever. Quite a few of them kind of half filled in, some whole filled in. But you have to know that his theme for this the school year goal from 97 to 98 is return the gifts. I think that is That's a really a good cool thing. idea. Again, one of the things we found in setting these school year goals with our kids is it's really, it's important to get them on some kind of a big poster that can go on their wall where they see them all the time. They're aware of them and they really, they notice them and they go after them. So, I hope you've enjoyed this somewhat rambling discussion of goals. Goals are powerful, powerful things. They can be spiritual as well as mental. They can change who we are. They can change where we're going. And they can work for kids. And like you said earlier, Linda, kids are actually brilliant setters of goals. So good luck with that, and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye. <laughs>